Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are going to talk about engaging young people through their understanding of their current and future vocations. We are starting a series on vocation and leadership in youth ministry. If you have looked at the seven practices of healthy youth ministry, you can see that we talk about opportunities to serve and lead within a congregation. And we also talk about helping young people understand their unique vocation. And we're going to spend the next few episodes really digging into what does it look like for congregational leaders to help young people understand their their vocation and roles in leadership. So people may not be as familiar with the word vocation as they are with other words we hear in the church. When we talk about vocation, we talk about the roles and responsibility that you have in all aspects of your life, or as Luther called it, the masks that we are uh, of God uh, in many aspects of our life. For so for some, the word just maybe brings to mind what they do for work, but really this includes roles at home, at church, and in your professional life and in your community. So when we talk vocation, we're talking more than just a job or career. We're thinking about vocation that is something that starts in our baptism. It doesn't depend on us. It's totally dependent on God working through us. Uh, We all have vocations throughout our lives, and some of them are going to change over time. Um, Some may extend over a particular season, and some are with us uh, from the time we're baptized till the time we die. So as teens are thinking about their identity and what they want to do in the future, vocation is this great spot that grounds them in what God is doing in and through them right. To talk more about encouraging youth in vocation with us today is Cassie Moore. Cassie Moore is an author, speaker, and director of Next Gen Ministries at St. Mark Lutheran Church and School in Houston, Texas. She's the author of Authentic Youth Ministry, Straight Talk in Working with Kids, Teens, and In-Betweens, and a contributor to Connected for Life and an upcoming historical fiction series. She grew up in Illinois and Minnesota and has a degree from Concordia University, Irvine. She's worked on national and district youth gatherings and enjoys speaking nationally. She loves observing culture, travel, talking to strangers. I don't understand that. (laughs) And she and her husband, Pastor Tyler, have two dogs. Thanks for joining us today, Cassie. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to be here. Great. Thanks, Cassie. We got to hear about you briefly in the intro, but tell us something more about your vocations, your roles in youth ministry and other things that bring you joy. Yeah, vocation-wise, so I'm a, I'm a wife. My husband is a lead pastor at another church. I'm a I'm a daughter and I'm an older sister to a younger brother. I'm also a godparent to a whole bunch of little nieces and nephews. And I work at a church full-time. I do a lot of writing, I do a lot of speaking, but also just love ministry and love working with young people. So that is something that I'm passionate about. I get the the blessing of doing that every day. But yeah, just use ministry wise. It is a full-time deal for sure. One of the things we love to hear from youth ministry leaders is about their junior and senior high years. Can you share for us how Jesus used a key moment or moment or even people to keep you or bring you closer to him and the church? Yeah, what a great question. Um, Boy, okay, looking back into high school, I was actually, though I'm a full-time church worker now, I was I was not ever in a youth group, which is hard to believe sometimes. I didn't go to camp. I did not participate in youth group. I went to a, a private Lutheran grade school and then middle school and high school. So I'm a product of the Lutheran school system, which I'm a huge advocate for. But uh, as as I was in high school, really my spiritual formation came from from my school, from religion classes and from chapel. And when I went to church, honestly, it was it was always some sort of a job. I was the kid that 
my family was there every Sunday, but they would just grab me and say, hey, our acolyte didn't show up. Can you run up there and light the candles? Or they'd say, hey, nursery is not staffed today. Can you run back there? And sometimes I had to acolyte and run the nursery as a <laughs> high school volunteer, which was terrible. So really, when I, when I was involved in church, it was, it was not something that connected really with my, my faith life. But I, I think it was really my senior year of high school. I had no intention of going into church work, no interest in, in becoming a director of Christian education. I was, I was sitting in chapel one day and we were singing a song and it just, all of a sudden it felt like God just put on my heart. Like, I want you to, I want you to do this. I want you to go into ministry and to work with young people just like you. And I, you know, I immediately just dismissed it. Like, there's no way. I have no idea what youth ministry is like. I've never even been to youth group. Um, but it just, it became something as I, I continued thinking about it and praying about it and seeking some advice from, from godly people, from teachers and friends in my life. God just really opened a lot of doors. And I went from having college scholarships to other schools and other programs to all of a sudden looking into this DCE program and uh, just one thing after another kind of led me right into it. And it shocked my friends and my family. I was, was very surprised. And it took them actually a lot of years to, to actually believe this was, this was a passion and this was a calling, but it was. And I, I, you know, that was years and years ago. And really in a lot of ways, I, I didn't have a whole lot of adults in my life in high school that really paid a lot of attention to me. So I think that has led me to where I am now of seeing the difference that a caring, loving, godly adult can make in the life of a young person and uh, getting the chance to, to lead others through that and to be that myself. That's great. So you got to talk about you're blessed to be able to work with young people, full-time job, vocation in that sense. Um, in many different ways too, you get to support those who work with young people. So what do you love about working with young people in your congregation and in your community? Yeah, I would say what is what is such a blessing is it's, it's the chance to be with people on the worst day of their life in the best day of their life. I get to share in the celebrations that come along with life, like new jobs and getting a driver's license and getting into college, you know, and going to your first middle school dance. But there are times when I have walked through the worst moments of students' lives or families' lives because it's, it's not just ministry to kids. It's ministry to entire families of all ages that I deal with. So there, there have been times when I was the first phone call or I was, I was there when somebody received devastating news or a life-changing result from a doctor or finding out something just, just terrible. So that, that has been, to me, really a, a fulfilling part of my job is just getting the chance to really do life together as a Christian community and just to see how the Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives, but also to, to see the church at work as well, because it's a, it's a lonely life to, to go in alone. And uh, it's just, it's a joy to be able to do ministry and get to, to be there in those moments. But I just, I love the hopefulness of this next generation. And uh, I think, I feel like I always have the best stories when I get around the table at Thanksgiving and Christmas, because I just, you know, working with young people, it's a constant role of pranks and funny things and just inside jokes and just great experiences. So in your chapter in Connected for Life, you talk about helping people in their vocation. In there, you talk about celebrating and embracing differences in our youth. What are some ways you found to help discover some of those unique gifts and, and talents that you have in the young people you work with? 
That's a great question. And I think a lot of it has to do with giving your full attention to the young people in your life. You know, pay attention to what what do they light up doing? What do they what brings them joy as they're out there and they're experiencing something or they're talking about something? What captures their excitement? What brings kind of a an excited air to them? So I think that's a it's a big part of that just looking and listening to young people. I know that when I when I work with young people, I really try to keep my my stories and my talking to a minimum. So I, I tell my leaders, I shoot for only talking about 25% of the time. And the, the rest, the 75% of the time, I try to ask questions and get young people talking to me because we know that's, that's the best way for them to learn, um, especially learn about themselves. So I think using things like personality inventories or spiritual gift inventories, if you're a, a parent or a coach or a youth leader, those are some really fun ways you know, young people are very interested in themselves in general. So those are very fun and easy, engaging ways for for young people to learn something about themselves. I think to looking at how they interact with the people around them, you know, you you can tell from a young age, usually if a student is a leader, if other kids listen to them, if, you know, sometimes you can see that kind of class clown behavior or maybe that nurturing friend who's always the one consoling somebody else who's that I try to I try to look for those behaviors and point them out because I know kids don't always see that themselves I remember I had a teacher when I was young I was I was a little bit of a prankster I I still am as my office mates would tell you now um, I, I pull a lot of pranks especially on my boss but I used to pull a lot of pranks especially in middle school and I remember one time a teacher pulled me to the side and as as she was you know kind of chewing me out getting me in trouble she said you know you're you're a leader. People look to you and they pay attention to what you're doing. And you have to know that, you know, people are watching you and you have to be responsible with that. And that was really the first time as a seventh grader that mm-hmm. I had any adult tell me something like that. And it was a is a very pivotal moment. So those moments as adults now, if we can, if we look for those things and point them out to kids in a loving way, in a gracious way, in a truthful way, I think that that's something that's a huge blessing to them. And I think to giving them some feedback, I, I love to do little appreciation notes. And I used to teach religion every day in a Lutheran middle school. I remember one of the, one of the things recently, I, I would write comments on students' papers and try to make it really personal. Like, hey, you know, this shows me something about you, or this is something really special that I appreciate. I just, a couple months ago, I had a, a young man, he's now in the Navy. So he's grown up. He's, he's all through high school. He sent me a picture of an old paper that he had held on to for five years. And it was, it was just a paper that he turned into class, but I had written like a whole paragraph at the bottom saying like, I, I love this about you. I really appreciate, I see this in you. I see how God is leading you in this way. And he had had it up on his bulletin board for years and I had no idea, but those kind of things really shape a young person. The, the, beautiful things that we can say about them, the insights that we can give them that sometimes they don't see themselves. I think those are great ways to to help young people see their own talents and their vocations that they have. You talk about how adolescence is that time where there are a lot of those shaping moments, key time for developing identity, who they are, understanding how God's made them, their gifts, their passions. the way. And in that too, you said that part of that is that teens are often very focused on themselves. So how have you seen vocation help teams maybe focus outside themselves rather than inward? Yeah, I think especially middle school and high school, it is, 
it's a natural time for young people to be looking at themselves, right? Their bodies are changing, their brains are changing, their relationships, their even, you know, the independence that they have within their own family. These are all things that are are changing quickly. And it is hard for them to even see life outside of themselves. So everything that we can do to get them looking outside of themselves. So whether that's, you know, I I like to show kids different types of athletes. So sometimes you know, kids that have Down syndrome or maybe people who have disabilities or people that don't look like them or don't sound like them, just showing and exposing them to just even different video clips. I think that that is something we can we can do to broaden their world. And I'm a big fan of service opportunities. We try to regularly do service with with all ages of kids. But I think especially mission trips are very critical for young people, getting them out serving in the community that they're in. So whether that's homeless ministry or collecting things for people, I love the things that really give them face time with other people. I know, for instance, we we used to take our students to to do homeless ministry as often as we could. And it was such a cool moment. It was actually the last national youth gathering. Uh, I would be waiting for my group at night because I was a I was a planner. So I was in a different place during the day, but I'd be waiting to connect with my group at night. And they would show up late consistently every night. And after about the third night, I was like, what, what are you guys doing that is making you late to these big events? I know you've looked forward to them all day. And they finally, they confessed like, well, we've been pooling our money together and buying meals for homeless people and like taking them over and praying with them and talking to them a little bit. And I realized like, those are the moments that we want, right? Like they they are doing this because they have the confidence because they've been exposed to homeless ministry before. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's that's just one way that we can really have young people feel comfortable, feel drawn outside of themselves and see the, the larger picture of the world. Because we know that, you know, a lot of people are in need of God's grace and they need to be met with that love and that truth that comes from a relationship with Jesus. So it takes pulling them out of their own routines, pulling them away from their phones sometimes, but that's a that's a valuable thing for us to do. So any opportunity we can do um, to just really get them engaged fully in service and doing something that's outside of their normal routine, I think that's a critical thing to aim for. Yeah, I love that service really does provide that opportunity for young people to to experience a world kind of outside of of themselves and also i mean like we all went through that phase in life where we believe that everybody was looking exclusively at us and we were only paying attention to ourselves and and i know for me service was a huge part of helping me expand how i thought about the world and i needed to spend my time focusing on so that's that's really powerful stuff and, and we also know that we want to give youth opportunity to lead as a part of that their vocation but they're also still figuring that out you, you and i both work with with young leaders who are, are amazing in many ways but who are also still new at the opportunity to lead and so in your chapter you talk about um helping youth to let you know kind of letting them fail and helping them process through that failure. And I'm curious to hear you talk about a little bit, why is failure important? Because we don't like that, but why is it important? And how do we navigate that and helping youth process both success and failure? Yeah, what, what a great question and a great point. We None of us like failure. I, I hate failing at things. And it is it is a part of life that we have to accept that this is this is normal and is expected. And it's it's a blessing to be able to 
have a place where you can fail safely. And those are the kind of, of environments we need to set up for our young people, places where they can fail, fail safely, where it is not going to do long-term damage, because we want them to fail when they're 13, 14, 15, 16, and not when they're 40, 50, 60, 70, right? So the end goal for us is we want, we want self-sufficient adults who love Jesus. And I try to keep that in mind all of the time. I the way that I think about it is every mission trip I have ever taken, which has been a lot over, over several years of ministry, every mission trip I've ever taken, we have the same protocol for making our lunches every morning. And those of you who have taken mission trips or have gone on camps, you know what I'm about to say, right? So you put out all of the bags, you put out all the supplies for making sandwiches, for packing chips, for fruit, you know, a cookie, and you lay it out for the kids and say, hey, we're eating breakfast. You need to make your lunch for today. Pack it up. Bring it with us. So the first day is always the same thing. No matter what group I've taken, no matter how old they are, um, you know, they get there. You have to tell them 15 times, don't forget to make your lunch. Bring a napkin, put a cookie in there, put a, you know, an apple. And you go through all the specific instructions. And every time, half the group messes it up. And you sit down at lunch the first day and you, they open their backpacks and Half of them have peanut butter and jelly like smeared on the inside of their backpack because they didn't pack it correctly. They just threw the stuff in. You know, they don't have napkins. They Some of them just forget it completely. Um, and it is so hard as an adult to sit there and watch them fail. But I have to let them, right? Because mm -hmm. I know that now that they have been through the experience of cleaning peanut butter out, you know, out of their backpack and getting it under their fingernails, they're going to do things differently tomorrow. So the next day is smoother. They pay attention. They get up there. They make their sandwich and actually put it in a plastic bag. And then, you know, for the rest of the week, it runs like clockwork. I don't have to tell them anymore. This is what you need to do. But that is that is life, right? That is the way that we all learn. We have to fail. We have to let kids fail safely. And we have to be willing to to be there in a non-judgmental way when they do screw up. Because they will. Because they're young, they're learning. We were the same way when we were their age. So we have to give them those opportunities to to grow, but to continue to be independent. And I, I think that's something that that is a hard thing for a lot of our parents, a lot of our teachers, a lot of our coaches right now. It is, we know, we know the danger. We know that the hard things that are going on in their lives and we want, it's a natural instinct to run in and want to save them and protect them and take care of them and make their lives easier. But in the long run, we are not we are not helping them if they cannot fail safely at this point in their lives because they they need to know that they can do something difficult and they can they can screw it up, but there is still grace and there is still growth that happens as a result of that. And there's always going to be the kids around them that did follow the instructions who are going to offer them half of their their lunch for when they um, have completely squished their sandwich beyond recognition, right? So I love that the church can be a place where even when we do fail, we have that we have the people around us to to kind of help navigate through that in a in a loving and graceful way. In those times of uh, opportunities to learn. <laughs> and as well as adolescents and uh, all people and God's people too, as they're starting to connect with one another, there's, there's going to be times of conflict too. And 
sometimes very healthy, sometimes unhealthy conflict. But you take some time in your chapter to just talk about that, that how conflict can be a chance to help you learn how to navigate difficult conversations, maybe stressful conversations or situations. So maybe tell us a little bit about that, how conflict is a chance to grow and to offer, as we talked about, grace and warmth and challenge in those uh, opportunities. Yeah, conflict is another thing that we just, we hate and, right? Like (laughs) none of us like conflict. I I suppose there are some that don't mind it, but none of us want conflict. Um, But I I echo what I know my my senior pastor said to me recently was, you know, conflict gives us a chance to see our boundaries for each other and to see who we really are and to look deeper and to say, you know, these are the things that really upset me. These are the things that are sensitive areas for me. Maybe you have some wounds that conflict sometimes presses up against. And those are those are critical things for young people to know about themselves too. You know, I, I wish I would have had caring adults when I was a teenager that would really speak into some of the the conflicts and some of the inner turmoil that I felt because I would have learned a lot more about myself. And I think, you know, even the way that we're doing ministry now has has shifted and changed and conflict has shifted to different areas too. So you know, when I was when I was in high school, it was face to face conflict. You know, you would have a fight with the person with the, the locker next to you or your friend on the soccer team. Now there's a lot of bullying online. There's a lot of comments that hurt kids. There's a lot of kind of interpersonal relationship drama that happens over a cell phone or on social media. And I think that those are areas where as loving adults, we can look at those things and we can help kids navigate through those moments and to see to see some perspective in what they're going through. And again, it doesn't mean we're jumping in to solve it for them, but we can show them, you know, gently, hey, you know, how is this making you feel? I noticed that you are really upset about this. So why do you think that that is? You know, what does that tell you about your personality? What kind of things make you angry? What kind of things are, um, are frustrating for you? And what can you do to avoid that or work through it? So I think every Every moment, good and bad, it's an opportunity for, for us to learn about each other and to learn, to learn what it is to live in a community of believers and to love Jesus and to love each other, but to sometimes, you know, have conflict with each other. That's okay. As long as we are, we are following a biblical model of dealing with our conflict and really trying to do that in a, a godly manner. If you spend time with people, you are going to get in moments where you are frustrated with them. You know, think of any roommate or cabin mate or friend or family member you've ever had. The more time you spend together, the more frustrations come out. So we have to teach our young people that that's okay. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. But the way that you handle it and the way that you learn about yourself in the process, that's really the takeaway to, to pay attention to that stuff. Well, and to tie in what you talked about earlier, sometimes those conflicts help us to help identify in young people things that they're really passionate about, right? Or things that they really have a strong value around, or even just things that they're inc- that they're very good at that other people aren't. And, and when that's a, a point of conflict, <laughs> right? Or where they're not good in someone else's and that, you know, those are, are great opportunities for us to then talk to young people about how God has uniquely made them and where God's put them to be able to to come out of that with some great learnings. Uh, just kind of a really broad question to to kind of tie some of this stuff together. Why is helping youth discover their vocation so powerful? Oh boy, you are setting a young person up for 
success and joy and fulfillment for the rest of their lives. I think by, by helping them see their vocation and understand themselves at a younger age, you are getting a jump start on what will be a, a lifelong pursuit for them. So I think it's a, it's a crucial thing for us. And, you know, youth ministry is, it's far more than pizza parties and games with pool noodles and, you know, silly, wacky adventures. It's, it is setting young people up for a relationship with Jesus through the highs and lows of their life forever. I think there's no more important work to be done in the world, to be honest. And it's, it's something that we can do, whether we are professional church workers, pastors and teachers and, and DCEs, or we are people that are just caring for young people in our lives. We're grandparents, we're aunts and uncles, we're we're people who help out in after school programs or on Sunday mornings. There is no greater joy that you can have and there's no greater work that you can do than to to bless this next generation and to give them that um, foundation that it will last forever. And it will be something that they will carry that memory of you as a caring adult. They'll carry that memory with them through the rest of their lives. And I'm, I'm very aware of that. I think that that is a scary thing sometimes to think that I am that formative in somebody's life, but it's a great honor to be in that position and God will give us that opportunity to share that with them. It's a great vocation, whether it's professionally or as volunteers to be able to invest in young people that way and see the Holy Spirit work through their life. And sometimes it does take uh, maybe a bit of a long view in the sense of seeing over time how the Holy Spirit and God's word, word works in the life of a young person. So as an adult leader, I want you to just wrap up here a little bit with maybe giving a words of encouragement you might give to other leaders as they stay patient with young people, as they learn about their identity and vocation, even maybe at times when it's frustrating. Yeah, it, it's going to be frustrating because you're working with people and working with people, it's the best part of the job and it's it's the hardest part of the job too. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about in ministry, you have to you have to have a thick skin, but your skin can't be too thick. You have to have a tender heart too. I think it's a constant balance of those things. And it's at the same time remembering that it is a great joy to do this work. It's a great responsibility, but at the same time, it is it, your faith life matters so much as well. And you have to be grounded in your own faith. You need to be actively reading the scriptures. You need to be nurturing your relationship with Jesus as well. And you have to be a healthy person before you can really help those around you and to be that solid adult for the young people in your life. So don't neglect yourself either. But I think patience is a huge thing. Having a sense of humor is something that's really important if you're working with young people, but also having just a sense of curiosity wanting to know about their world, not judging their world, but asking asking deep questions and asking lots of questions. And, you know, I, I work hard to control my face when I'm talking to young people so they don't look surprised or shocked or disappointed or, you know, upset about something. But I try to meet everything that they say with just a sense of calm and interest and, and care about them. And I think young people, they respond to that authenticity. They respond to somebody that that cares about them. It doesn't matter how old I am. It doesn't matter my background. It is a gift, the gift of listening, especially listening and asking questions. That is a gift that we can give every young person in our lives. And it helps them to feel valued. It helps them to, to see themselves as important. Because we know that especially adolescence is a time when most kids are really struggling with their sense of self-worth and self-esteem. So just our, our interest in them is a huge gift that we can give. But yeah, it's, 
it is frustrating, but it is rewarding. And it is, it's a blessing to see how God can use the young members of our church as well as, as the older ones to, to work together. Well, Cassie, thanks so much for joining us. This was great to hear your insight on, on how we care for young people and their vocations. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I love this opportunity to talk about vocation or to be able to be with young people. I almost had my interaction when I coach young people and I just to talk to them, things that get them excited outside of basketball or whatever it is to see that spark, I guess, in their life that God's put into their life that they're excited about. And and I they love how Cassie talks about too, when they get to serve, mm-hmm. see the Holy Spirit work through them, grow in their gifts. I just, I think that's this area of vocation that in our youth ministry, especially today, I think for Gen Z, just the busyness of life, so many things going on. Vocation becomes this great teaching and great connection for the church to have with young people and parents. All those that are investing in young people, I just could talk about this topic a lot. I think it brings, brings great excitement and joy to me. Absolutely. I think one of the things that maybe we forget as adults is that everybody wants to be known. Yeah. Right. Like we want to be known uh, to the people around us to the people we work with. And and teenagers are no different. They they want to have people be interested in who they are and who God's made them to be. And so um, taking genuine interest, even if I don't totally understand what Minecraft is, but taking <laughs> genuine interest or or, you know, a, a video series or whatever, figuring out what is really fascinating to them is is a great practice for me. And then helping them to take that and and funnel it into service, into leadership, into ways that that God can work in and through them uniquely to be able to do those things. And I love too. I mean, I think Cassie was touching on a lot of things of how those conversations of vocation just help open up relationships. You just get to know people better when you talk about, you know, as adults, we might talk more about our careers or our jobs, but you love to get outside of that too. What are those other things that they do? But and with youth, they're already starting to figure that out. And so you get to talk to them again about what they're thinking for their future, but also in their everyday life, what gets them excited. So you just get to know and build relationships that way. It's a great place just to have an entry, I guess, into getting to know young people, which is which is wonderful. And I love how Cassie talks about using things like failure, using yeah. things like conflict, conflict to help move those pieces forward, right? As they try things, because uh, we want to encourage them to try new things don't be you know so you know focused in on maybe one activity or one kind of thing but they try new things you know taking advantage of times where they do fail to be able to get them up in and talk about it debrief and then move on to the next thing right or when they do get into conflicts with other people teaching them how to handle that how to navigate that but also how to learn from that because both of those can be really powerful learning opportunities yeah. i has been for me it still is for me mm-hmm. right <laughs> for me when i fail to be able to go like okay what do i need to learn from that how do i adjust how do i change what does that tell me about myself or other people i I think often we focus so much on making sure young people are successful that we lose out on learning mm-hmm. opportunities they can have when they get into conflicts or when they fail. So understanding vocation can be an avenue by which young people learn so much about themselves and understand God's good gifts through their own life. I mean, when I was young, I had dreams of what I was going to be when I grew up. Those dreams did not come true. Not only that I never suited up for the Dallas Cowboys in my life, (laughs) still holding out on that one, but I don't think it's going to happen, but I also didn't work for a major accounting firm that I thought I was going to do. And so even though those things didn't come true, 
I never lost an understanding of God's purpose in my life because there was so much more to focus on and be encouraged in. And really, I guess a strong understanding of vocation brought encouragement even during difficult times. It gave me a purpose that was outside of myself. I could understand I love as Christ first loved me. And I had the privilege to put others' needs first and be Jesus' salt and light in the world. So a couple of closing questions for you to consider. First, who can you listen to to gauge a young person's passions, gifts, and skills? How can you encourage young people by understanding vocation, how God is currently working through them to share Jesus' love and truth? And finally, how can you use failure, success, and conflict to help young people grow in their leadership and vocation? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you live out your vocation and as you help young people to discover their vocations. We pray God helps you to point young people to Jesus and how he is working through them and that God may use you to help them navigate the many ups and downs of life as they learn about how God has uniquely made them. Engel's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.